Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture right here on the Black Love Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Cherise Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, ages 13, 11, 10, 7, and twin four-year-olds. I did hesitate. I did because we had a birthday recently and I forgot which one went up in age, but I'm with you. They are 13, 11, 10, 7, 4, and 4. And I am a bunch of other things. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know a little bit about who I am. Um, and I, you also know that I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. This is hopefully something that you have adopted and are doing with your family. It's something that I do with my family. It just helps open up conversation, helps find out things that you may not otherwise know, because sometimes asking questions like, how was your day, is too broad, and you might just get, it was good or it was bad. So asking specifically what was the best part of your day and the worst part of your day gives you a window into like the scale of their day and actually opens up conversation to all the other things in between. So I like to start that here with you. The peak and pit are not the most exciting, I got to be honest, but the peak of my day is the fact that my oldest daughter, Christina, is making lemon bars today. And she makes the best desserts ever. So I am going to enjoy those. And the pit of my day was our morning. Our morning was rough. (laughs) Not one of my children, if you guys know, so out of six children, three of them homeschool, three of them go to traditional public school. And the three that go to public school did not want to go to school this morning. We had that morning where nobody wanted to get out of the bed Everybody's clothes were apparently too uncomfortable and their blankets were more comfortable and clothes are boring, apparently, and school is boring and nothing is fun at school and I don't want to go to school and I want to stay home with you and I want to go to work with Papa and all the things that honestly I attribute to the night before. So we they went to bed super late last night. They usually are in the bed between like 7, 7.30. Last night, I didn't even get home until 6.30. So bedtime, bath time, all that stuff was rolled back. And they were probably in the bed, I think, by about like 8.45. And I really, I'm mentioning this because I think a lot of times we hit these challenging moments with our kids and we are thinking that they're just being bad or we feel powerless because we think like there's nothing we can do or nothing we can change. And I find great significance in being able to realize the things around the behavior that we do have power over that we can change or be consistent in or at least notice patterns so that we can prepare ourselves. Like last night when they got in the bed at 845, I knew we were going to have a rough morning, which even though the morning was rough, made it a little bit easier because I already knew what was coming my way. So I was able to take an extra moment this morning before waking them up because I knew it was going to be a battle. Um, But yeah, I attribute it to a late night outside of routine, less sleep, being tired this morning, which was going to roll out to a rough morning. But we got them to school on time, and they were happy when I dropped them off. I got my hugs and kisses goodbye. And the one thing I tell my children before I leave them in the mornings is make it a great day. So we always have the power to try to make it a great day. And that's what we all decided we were going to do today. So now it's a good day and lemon bars are coming my way. So it's fantastic. But y'all, did you listen to the latest episode of The Mama's Den? Mama Donna, that's Melanie Fiona's mom, was on The Mama's Den. And I am team Mama Donna. 
I am 10 toes down with Mama Donna. And I don't know if that will surprise you or what. If you've heard stories of Mama Donna, if you listen to the Mama's Den, she sounds like she's maybe a more strict parent or the opposite of what some people think gentle parenting is defined as. And so as someone who represents without I I didn't choose to represent gentle parenting by the way I've said this in previous episodes I am a teacher that became a parent so I use a lot of teacher tools in my parenting which is in alignment with like conscious parenting or gentle parenting but as someone who represents those forms of parenting you may think that I don't agree with somebody who is as firm as mama donna but I think that is where many of us have a misinterpretation of what gentle parenting looks like I would completely classify Mama Donna as a gentle parent, as a gentle but firm parent, and I am 10 toes down with her. I am team Mama Donna. I absolutely love her and her parenting style and all the things. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that episode. But before we do, I want you to listen to this clip at the beginning of the episode uh, so we can go into the first thing that I want to talk about in the realm of how Mama Donna is, in fact, a gentle parent an amazing parent. Let's take a listen. My sister and everybody else were taking the kids and the family to an amusement park. And my son says, I don't have anything to wear. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't have anything to wear? Your grandmother just did your laundry. Hold on. I'm going to need you to say it like you said it in 1992. (laughs) All Guyanese accents in full-fledged, please. I said, what the hell do you mean you don't have anything to wear? <laughs> your grandmother just did your laundry and it's in your room. What do you mean? Let me come and see what you're doing. That and is, he said, that's accurate. No, 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 no. I'm like, ah, red flags. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Why Ooh. doesn't he want me to check? So I went in and sure enough, big pile of, like, I mean, it was halfway up the closet. And I said, what, what is this? He said, oh, my clothes are under there. And I said, oh. Under there? I said, your grandmother did your laundry and this is what you did. You have no regard for her labor. Mm. Uh-uh. This is not happening. I say you're not going a damn place today. Mm. I said, you're going to stay home and you're going to wash all these clothes. You have no respect for my mother's labor. Mm. Uh-uh. This is not going to work. Still mad about it. Every, I'm still mad about <laughs> but it. But you know what? Hearing it from her though, like I, I get it. Yeah, you that's get why it. we have her back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And everybody's begging me. My sister. Donna, you can't do this because, of course, he was her favorite. You can't do this. I said, watch me. Mm-hmm. I said, he's going to stay home and he's going to do his laundry from this day forward. My I mother is sure. not his slave. The more everybody said to me, oh, let him go. You can't do this. That's too. No. Nope. I said, no, nope, he's going to mm-hmm. learn a lesson. Okay. Does he wash his clothes to this day? He oh, does. Oh, wow. But you know what? It was a great experience for us. We bonded. I showed him how to sort clothes. I showed Oh, him- you didn't go that day? You stayed home? No. Oh, I thought you left him Aww. home by himself. No, no, no. Yeah, last week it was he, yeah. he was by himself. I thought he was by himself. <laughs> no, he wasn't by himself. Oh, man. I took him downstairs and I said, this is what... And he actually enjoyed the experience. And he said, Not oh, I didn't know this. Before. I said, you see how much how much work it is? Mm-hmm. And you called... You, what is it you called it just now? A, a, a struggle? Savage. 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 Yeah. I call it teaching. I think a lot of families have this experience where children are doing different things and the threat is like, you don't get to go to Disneyland. You don't get to go to the water park. You don't get to do this, this and that. And I don't know how many of us actually follow through with it because it feels so dramatic and severe and we get to feeling bad and we're like, yeah, never mind. You know, Mom Donna talks about like, everybody's pressuring me. That just made me dig my heels in more, right? For a lot of us, 
it makes us let up our heels and then we bring our children to the water park because it feels mean, right? And this is where you might be like, how is this gentle parenting? That was not nice. He should have been able to go to the water park. This was gentle parenting because Mama Donna stayed. She did not tell him he can't go to the water park. She did not punish him where he had to just stay behind and miss out on all the fun, where he was miserable and sad and lonely. She stayed with him. She sacrificed her trip on the family trip to the water park or whatever theme park they were going to. And she stayed. And not only did she stay home with him, but she actually spent the day with him. Like she said, you got to stay home. You have to rewash these clothes. You need to fold them and put them away. But she stayed there and showed him how to wash the clothes, showed him how to fold the clothes, showed him how to put the clothes away. And she said that they actually ended up having a great day where they were able to connect with each other, where they were able to bond with each other, and where he was able to develop this life skill that he was going to need for the rest of his life. And I think that not only is this gentle parenting in the way of she stayed with him and was supportive of him and loving to him, even through the firm consequence, but it's also gentle parenting because she didn't just look at him and be like, child, you a mess. What are you doing? This is disrespectful, rude. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. She didn't just shame him and make him feel bad about what had happened. She explained to him how her mom had worked hard, and this is not how we respond when somebody is working hard to with us or for us. And she also recognized that maybe he doesn't actually know how to do these things. So rather than just leaving him in shame, punishing him and telling him he has to do this thing that he may not be able to do, she recognized he might not be able to do this, so let me show him. And she spent the day loving on him and teaching him how to do this thing. And I think that that is an amazing example of how to love our children and how to gentle parent. A lot of times when we hear the term gentle parent, we think all of it is gentle in the sense of there's no firmness, there's no boundaries, we let our children do whatever they want, they don't deal with any consequences, but it is the opposite of that. Gentle parenting is also known as authoritative parenting, and I've said that in past episodes as well. And it's this idea that we discipline our children, discipline meaning guiding and teaching our children. It means that we do hold firm boundaries with our children, but we're able to do things in a loving way, in a respectful way. Like if you you just heard the clip, nowhere in there do you hear her disrespecting her own son. Nowhere in there is she doing anything that's actually hurtful to him. Everything she's doing is helpful to him. And she talks about that throughout the episode. She talks about consequences being a form of how she sees herself helping her children, right? And I think that this is something we also struggle with is one, we don't know the difference between a consequence and a punishment. <laughs> so when we try to implement it, it doesn't feel good. But two, we don't actually know like what we're trying to do in our consequences or in our yelling at our children or being firm at our ch- with our children or things like that. It's like we get confused and then we start to feel bad. But when you have the belief and the understanding that what you're doing is helping your child, and I'm not talking about 
abusing your child and then say, I'm helping you. This I'm loving you. I hit you because I love you. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about when you say there's a consequence and you follow through with the consequence, even when you see their cute little faces looking sad, even when you know they're missing the family outing, you know that you are actually helping them and you truly believe that. You are like, I am doing this consequence because I believe that this is how I'm helping to cultivate a human that can operate on their own as an adult, that can understand the the consequences of their choices and their actions as an adult. Um, and when you have that belief, it makes consequences a little bit easier. And I actually heard a lot of this in the episode as well. I heard this when listening to Cody, and I'm not even going to reiterate, reiterate it. And Cody, I love you. But I do want to listen to a short clip about Cody talking about consequences um, with the twins and the struggle in implementing that firmness and those consequences. So let's give it a listen. My twins in particular, my oldest is like, he's the one if I say we don't have time out, but there's like this one chair and I'll be like, go sit in the blue chair or go to your room and read a book. And he's going to do it. The little ones, they're not going to do it. They're twins. not going to do it, period. They're four. And I think a lot, I'm not like, I, I don't ever think that I will spank them. Right. But I think a lot that like, what's going to make a difference? Because oh the sound God. of my voice, the change, sometimes I'll be like, hey, <laughs> like, try to put on the dad voice. None of that works. Taking things like literally, yeah. hey, if you don't put on your pajamas right now, then you're not going to have a waffle in the morning. Right. For but you see, that's right? a sweet tone. Okay. That is too yeah. sweet to tell. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> if you do not put on your pajamas right now, mm -hmm. you're not going to have any more waffles. Okay. Do you understand? Maybe you need to have her come stay with you for a week. <laughs> so this is one of those areas where I think that firmness and implementing consequences are hard because it doesn't quite feel right. And I'm not out here to get on Cody. I actually, Cody is one of my, you know, hashtag mom goals. I think she is an amazing, beautiful mom. And if y'all have ever seen her with her children, she is very loving and very present and supportive of them. She has challenges, just like we all do, just like I did this morning trying to get my kids out the house. And side note, I'm going to be honest, any tip and tool that I would give you here on the podcast, I don't know that I had many of those this morning. Other than prepping myself for a rough morning, I was like, get the clothes on, let's go. <laughs> um, but in this situation, the reason why I bring this up is because I do want to talk about consequences. You will find more success in your disciplining your children and in implementing consequences with your children when your consequences are related to the actions. I say this because we hear Cody talking about if you don't put your PJs on, you're not getting a waffle in the morning, right? It makes sense and you can hold firm to those boundaries. But sometimes as parents, I think that we are just kind of clawing at anything we can and trying to find what's going to work, right? And sometimes when we choose something like that, it is ineffective because the waffle actually has nothing to do with the PJs, right? Like PJs and waffles, unless you're having a PJ and pancake party in the morning, they don't actually ma match. They're not aligned. Same thing with the jumping on the stairs. If we're jumping on the stairs, you don't get a cookie tomorrow. The cookie and the jumping are not actually related unless it's a matter of I gave you cookies and now I see that you're jumping. I notice that cookies 
cause you to jump and make it hard for you to listen, we might not be able to do cookies anymore, right? That's how cookies might be related to jumping. But in general, we kind of hold out on these rewards from our children, hoping that it's going to change the behavior. But for our children, especially at these toddler ages, young child ages, even in their adolescence and teen years, a lot of what they're doing is making sense of the world and they're making connections. So even how we hear about like if you read something in a textbook and then you take them on a field trip to the place, right? They learn more about it because they are connecting the actual living experience to what they read in the textbook. And now they have a stronger understanding to what they're learning about. They have a stronger connection to the subject matter. The same thing is happening with consequences and actions. When the consequences actually match the actions, our children are able to make a connection between how their actions cause certain consequences, how their choices breed certain reactions, right? So I'm going to give an example with the PJs just for the sake of this conversation and trying to be able to help you connect it also. <laughs> but in the, in the case of the PJs, like in my house, if my children won, first of all, so this kind of goes back to the pit of my day, right? Like recognizing where things come from, recognizing patterns and sort of like almost a map of how we get from one to the next. One, I would start to recognize what are the struggles we're having. If PJs, and again, right now I'm not even talking specifically to Cody's example because I don't know the whole scenario of the PJs, right? I don't know what time it was. I don't know what the order of when they get their PJs on and things like that. Again, I'm just using this as an example because that's what we just listened to and are talking about. But with PJs, if you are someone that's struggling to get your child in PJs at night, I want you to think about the fact of like, what does that mean for your child? Usually, putting on PJs is an obvious sign that bedtime is around the corner. It might even be that the moment I get PJs on, I'm going to bed. I also want you to consider the fact that this also means the party's over. Your child <laughs> loves you. They love life. That's a beautiful thing. And they want to live it. And sometimes bedtime, most of the time bedtime, is not the most appealing thing, right? This is now a time where you are no longer with your parents. You are no longer with your siblings. You're most likely alone. Like a lot of us have worked on sleep training and have our children in a bed by themselves. So this is probably like the most unfun possibly the loneliest part of the 24 hours that they experience in a day, right? It's not appealing. For myself, I don't love bedtime. Bedtime means I'm not going to get to get things done that I want to get done. Bedtime for me means that even the alone time I get to spend with myself and hear my own thoughts is going to be cut short if I go to bed earlier, right? So even for me as an adult, bedtime is not the most appealing thing to me. So for our children, it's the same thing. Bedtime is just not appealing to them. They might want to still be playing games. They might still want to be hanging out with you and playing with different things. So if PJs are a sign that you have to go in the bed and the party's over, you may want to consider moving PJs up, right? In my house, we're doing PJs at around five o'clock, like two hours before they're going to sleep. And because that's the routine, there is no stress for my children around putting on PJs. Because it is not an indication that bedtime is right after the PJs. So one I just want to start there is like considering the patterns and what, what we need to make our full time easier. 
also considering noticing like playing around with your actual bedtime to see if putting them to bed earlier helps because sometimes when we miss that window, it's actually harder to get them to fall asleep. But also when it comes to like consequences of not putting on the PJs and making it relatable, <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of options and they might sound crazy. So take them, leave them, but hopefully you'll start to get the idea to start being able to think a little more creatively when facing these problems or challenges. One of my first thoughts is, if you say it's time to put on your PJs and they're not putting on their PJs and they're playing around, rather than saying you don't get a waffle in the morning, because also remember that our children are not the best forward thinkers. So if they are in the moment right now, having fun right now, they don't care what you say about tomorrow. They can't even conceive what that's going to feel like to not have a waffle in the morning because they're having so much fun right now. So right now, it might look like you have this amount of time to get your PJs on. If I see that you're not putting your PJs on, to me, you're telling me you don't want to wear PJs tonight. So maybe I'll just put them back in the drawer and then do that. <laughs> like If you say you have a minute to get on your PJs and they don't put them on and you've already told them, I'm going to put these back in the drawer and we're just going to go to sleep like this. We're just going to go to sleep in our birthday suit tonight if you're not willing to get your PJs on. Put those PJs back in the drawer in a minute. I promise you like this is probably going to happen one time because tomorrow maybe it's going to take two, three times, right? But if your children like sleeping in PJs and they don't want you to put them away, they're going to be like, oh no, mom is serious. She put those PJs away and she had us go to sleep in our birthday suit. And that is not abusive. They got blankets. We got heaters. Like nobody's freezing out here. They're just going to bed differently than they thought they were. So put them away. And then next time when you say you have one minute, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? She's serious. We better get them on before we lose our PJs for the night. Right. That's a type of option. I'm not saying that's your only option. I'm not saying that's your only tool. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying start to think in ways where you can make the consequences related to the actions. Another thing you can do, and I hear this all throughout like different not even episodes of The Mom is Done, but just when talking to parents. There is a struggle based on your personality type, your child's personality type, what you hear as tools, and what you can actually do. And right now in this age of social media, we hear so often like, just show up as your authentic self, right? Like post on social media as your authentic self. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Parent as your authentic self. So if yelling. Well, and I'm not, I keep saying yelling and I'm really equating that with firmness, which is actually something we can talk about when you're firm. How do you actually perceive that? And what are your beliefs about it? Because being firm is not the same as being mean or yelling. But in your firmness, like if you are not someone who finds it easy to be firm, if you are not someone that naturally has a stern voice, then this level of like saying things sternly, having a serious face, doing these things, those might not be the tools that work for you. Those tools might work for Mama Donna. Those tools might work for Melanie Fiona. Those tools might work for my husband. But those tools may not work for you if that is not naturally like how you present yourself. And so for you, you might want to try something like turning it into a game. And I do this. I have you know, there are days where I'm really firm and I can do the serious face and my children know I'm serious. And there are days where I might just feel lighter within myself. And so I feel more playful. So if they're not getting their pajamas on, I might turn it into a game, 
of, oh, I see something that I need to throw out in the trash. Oh, I bet you can't get these pajamas on before I can throw this in the trash and get back. No, 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 no. You're not fast enough. You can't do it. You can't. Oh, let me see. Let me see you do it then. I'm going to be fast, though. You better be ready. I'm fast. And then turn it into a game of a race of who can do something first. Or maybe you're putting on your pajamas with them and seeing who can put their pajamas on first. And honestly, this tool and tactic, like, I think it's a little bit harder. I think by bedtime, especially, parents are tired. We don't necessarily have the energy to play games. But again, I'm just giving you a tool because we all need multiple tools in our tool bag that we can try to use. But when you're looking at parenting and thinking about things like parent authentically and even in your authenticity, know that firmness and sticking to your consequences is a very, very important tool for how we find success and progress with our children. So by firmness or consequences, however your tone of voice is, however your facial expressions are, if you do say something, stick with that. If you say, I noticed that we're struggling to get in bed, we're not going to be watching any TV anymore in the afternoons because we need that time to get ready for bed, then do that. And that's also how I make things relatable, right? Or related to the consequence. And I do. Sometimes I'll go back and be like, you know what? I'm noticing that bedtime is taking us an extra 40 minutes. That means that we need to take that 40 minutes from somewhere else because we're using the 40 minutes right now. And they might not fully understand that. And in another episode, I actually would love to talk to you guys about how I teach my children about time and time management and having a conceptual understanding of time, like making it tangible, but not today. Um, the last thing that I want to go into is regrets. So I want you guys to listen to this quick clip about Mama Donna talking about her regret in parenting. What is your one regret in parenting, Mom? She My does one regret, and to every parent out there listening, do not yell at your children. Mm. That's my, I yelled a lot. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I, I yelled, I, I really, in retrospect, I'm really surprised that I was such a yeller Mm -hmm. because I did not like to be yelled at. Mm. When my parents would yell at me or whatever, I would go into a corner and cry. Mm. They would know that I would cry. But I did the same thing to my my kids. And I am just thankful that they are so much more well-adjusted that they don't do this. They've broken Mm -hmm. that cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for that. That's my biggest regret in my entire life. Is yelling my yelling at my children. So I love this clip for a few different reasons. And there are two key points that I want you to get from listening to that. Well, maybe three. One, yelling is not necessary. It doesn't feel good for you. Doesn't feel good for your children. I think anybody that's been yelled at or anybody that has yelled can agree. So we can all try to do better, right? But the other thing that I really want you to get from that is the idea of repair, which we have talked about. I love how Mama Donna talks about Melanie has broken that cycle of yelling. And I love how Melanie admits that it is a struggle sometimes. But one of the things that I see that she has given Melanie is the ability to repair and break that cycle in giving her the understanding of why yelling was something that happened, right? And giving her understanding and admitting that I wish I hadn't done that. It wasn't right. I didn't like it. This is why it happened. So I think that that ability to repair situations, apologize to our children is important. 
And sometimes at three years old, it's just going to look like I apologize for yelling. I shouldn't have managed my frustration that way. And at 15, 16 years old, it might be I apologize for yelling. I'm tired. I have this, this and that going on. Not throwing up on your children all of the things that are going on in your life, but understanding that they have a little better ability to understand what's going on with you and not take it personally. Um, And the second thing that I want you to get from that clip is the importance of partnership and community. And I don't necessarily mean this in terms of your spouse or your marital partner, but trying to set yourself up to have a partner. There is no one person in parenting that should ever bear the burden of having to go to work, having to drive the kids, having to make dinner, having to do bath, having to do homework, right? It's too much. So finding a way to leverage these various things that we have to do because it affects who we are as a person and how we show up as a parent. And I also want to remind you guys that your teachers are a part of your community. I was kind of instantly triggered when I heard Mama Donna say homework as one of the things that was a stress, but it is. So many of us get home like I did last night, getting home at 6.30 and now having the same amount of things to do in a smaller window of time One, it's not a reasonable expectation for anybody, and it's hard. And after being tired from working all day, you should not have to endure the stress of trying to fit too many things into a small period of time. So I want to encourage you to talk to your teacher if homework is a struggle for you and bringing your teacher on as a part of your community, and this is actually going to be your homework for this week, is talking to your teacher about possibly modifying homework. It's not something that we often think about, but it is something that's possible. It's something that I have done in the past where I just saw that homework was taking up too much time of our evening. It was causing too much stress for me, for my child, which was interfering with our relationship. It was interfering with how we were experiencing our life at night (laughs) and the quality of it at night. And so I talked to the teacher and it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to have to go in there and have a whole PowerPoint presentation on why this needs to be modified. But really, the teacher was like, oh, actually, let me tell you something you don't know. We just have to mark whether or not they did it. They actually don't even have to do all of it. So have her do 20 minutes of homework and then let it go and sign it off and just be in communication with me. And that's what we started doing. And that made a huge difference in our night. So your homework is going to be to talk to your teacher and see how your teacher can become a part of your community and your support in your nighttime routines, in your stressors as a parent. Um, And head over to the Parenting for the Culture podcast because I'm also going to podcast club. It's a free podcast club on Google Classroom. The link is in my bio at Sheree Sims on Instagram. But I'm going to give you a few points of where you can invite your teacher in to be a part of your community and how you can do that. It's just going to be like a document or a post, but it's going to be helpful for you and I want you to have that. So join us there. Talk to your teacher this week. Listen to the Mama's Den episode, the whole thing, because it's probably my favorite episode to date. And come back next week so that we can talk about other challenges, wins, struggles, strategies in parenting. If you have not yet given Parenting for the Culture a rating, please rate and review it. Share it with a friend. And if you have any questions in parenting, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Sheree Sims, or you can fill out the form, the Google form right here in the show notes, 
Or you can email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com. Because just like I tell you to have multiple tools in your tool bag, we like to give you multiple ways to contact us and get your questions in. So do it so we can continue to support you and keep coming back and bring a friend. All right, y'all. I will see you all next week. Peace, everybody. Peace.